I started making a considerable amount more. And at first I was saving 65% of all my paychecks. Now I can't stop spending. There's always something wrong. Welcome back everyone for episode four of A Financial Way. Danny here again with Abe. Today's topic is your first ever paycheck and how to spend it. We're going to cover savings, budgeting, tackling hard decisions, and much, much more. Let's get right into it. So from our first story from the personal finance subreddit, and it starts with, as the post indicates, I was able to save approximately $2,000 right into our house fund every paycheck, paid twice a month. Now I find it hard to save $1,000 because I spend money on things I deem necessary. And honestly, some some are, but most I could get by without. Or stupid things that add up within a few days. I tell myself every paycheck I need to save more. I was able to do it, live off that amount before, but why can't I now? It's so frustrating. This post by that Brazilian. So, Abe, you want to start us off with a, a little bit of uh, what you've been up to and before we tackle the story? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, lately, I've been working a lot with uh, different clients and contractors. Uh, I've got a couple of big projects coming our way, looking into buying uh, an apartment building, uh, for myself and my uh, business partners, uh, we have a house we are currently trying to sell and working with a couple of clients trying to uh, to buy some real estate. And also the stock market is kind of being fun right now. So it's <laughs> all around pretty cool. There you go, what have you been go. up to, Danny? Yeah, just work. Work is, you know, kind of been killer right now. A lot, a lot to do, but traveling. So that's kind of a, a good, a good plus side to it. But, uh, I figured it'd be good to kind of get a little bit of an update, you know, towards how we're doing and hopefully other people can kind of see progression in both themselves and what they've been up to and then kind of see what we've been up to. And hopefully a lot of people enjoy that. But going back into this, yeah, dude, this is (laughs) this is a pretty uh, personal topic, I would say, honestly, because we both of us, I would say to I'd say on our postgraduate career, like literally this couldn't get any more relevant for us. And I imagine for a lot of individuals too, who are graduating college or, you know, wanting to get a lot of internships and start to feel a lot of that more corporate money or that postgraduate life money come into play. It's a lot more than one is expected, you know, like you're probably used to getting a lot of, you know, 600, 700, $500, you know, every two weeks working at, retail or something like that to get by through college or through high school. But now you're, you're starting to see that that uptick is pretty big. <laughs> it's like oh, multiples of two. I mean, I guess we can kind of tackle it from a personal side. Abe, how, how did you go about kind of spending money and what was your first instinct once you got that first juicy paycheck? So, I mean, honestly, I started working when I was like 16. I started working in my park district uh, as a lifeguard, it then became a manager. And then I just kept getting promoted but uh, my first paycheck, I think they were paying me like, I want to say like nine or $10 an hour. And so like, I think my first paycheck, I worked like, I don't know, 40 hours a week. It was like maybe 300 $400, something like that. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not a big spender. Like there's not a lot of things I want. So I just put it in my bank account and I just, every single time I got paid, it was so cool. I was like, all right, I want to see that number get bigger and bigger in my bank account. And it was at the time where like, I'm not really, I didn't know much about investing, but like fast forward a couple more years, once I like actually started like making more money uh, from like, let's say helping someone buy a house, 
my first uh, commission was like, uh, I think it was like $11,000 for like a month and a half's work, worth of work or like two months worth of work. And I was like, what the actual hell? This is insane. <laughs> I think I was like 20, 21 at the time. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. <laughs> and I was like, damn. And I, you see, the funny thing is once your increments of money start getting higher and you get paid higher, you're like, wow. So, I mean, I was living fine five, for 500. So now that I have 11,000, I can probably spend a little bit more. And that's where you start having a slippery slope where exactly. you think that you can live off of the very little and you start spending much more because you feel like you're earning much more than you used to. Uh, that's exactly. that's yeah. my take on that part. I don't know about you. It's, like, how, you Tell me. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I feel a lifestyle creep. A lot of people feel like, hey, I'm making a lot more. Maybe to kind of justify that, like, you know, that excess of, satisfaction gratitude it's like oh i can treat myself now i could go out and spend more you know it's it's things like that where it's like maybe you probably want to take a few steps back because when you really start to spend more when you really start to see yourself you know uh you know dulge more into things that probably aren't accustomed what to to what you've been normally doing it can get kind of hectic and also like in the story you can definitely see yourself needing to save more and feel yourself as to what the heck is going on why am I not saving as much how am I not able to add up the same as I was just making even a fraction before it could get really frustrating and I think when I was growing up I, I was working a, a retail I was working at a retail bank as a bank teller at my local credit union in my high school and it was a semester Damn. gig and it was, it was a really cool experience to get into the banking world immediately during high school. It was a great experience, learned quite a bit, especially getting some of that, you know, on the job, um, you know, personal anecdotal stories of just like how a bank runs, how a credit union runs, you know, what's essentially the whole uh, behind the scenes actions. And I didn't get paid a whole lot. I got paid $500 at the end of the semester. So all of those hours that accumulated throughout one entire semester, I got paid one juicy paycheck of five hundred dollars. That's terrible. Looking back at it, yeah, looking at looking back at it, I was definitely thinking I hit a gold mine. I was really happy with it. Now it's like that's terrible. That was egregious. Working as an intern my junior year of uh, college, I made I believe it was upwards of like sixteen hundred per paycheck. 1500 per paycheck. So definitely a lot better than 500 per semester. But in my mind, I, I knew that I had to save this. I had to take care of how much I was paying rent and take advantage of it by saving a lot more. Um, you know, it's, it's those kind of aspects where you have to really consider how can I save compared to how much more I'm making? I mean, Abe, what, what really solidified your discipline of saving money or what do you think you could be doing better? I mean, I think saving is a really big hassle nowadays and I'm just hearing how much things are getting much more expensive. It's getting harder to justify the means of living in a lot of aspects. Like what, what are your kind of principles or philosophy views of saving? I mean, honestly, right now I am just, I have a goal in mind and that's, that's what I live and breathe to go towards. Uh, and like that goal is basically to have my first million before the age of 30. So everything, every step I make and every kind of like thing that I do 
it's towards that goal. So when I save money, it's it's just so I can get to that goal. Uh, uh, some people don't have that goal in mind. They don't care. Like they don't care about the certain figure to have. Uh, so they just, they spend without having a second idea to be like, oh, maybe I should put this towards like the house I want to buy, or maybe I should like put it towards, mm-hmm. I want to make my first hundred K kind of thing. They don't have that. And I think that's the problem. If you don't have a goal that you're saving for, or like you're investing for, uh, you, you can't keep up the consistency and the consistency exactly. is key that like the biggest thing, like honestly, even, even for people that want to maybe lose weight, it's, it's all about the consistency. Uh, like you can maybe eat right for one week, two weeks, three weeks, but on the fourth week, you're already like messing up. You're eating like a thousand, 2000 calories more. And it's just insane. Same thing with investing. You can be really good for like the first month, two months, but like one purchase you can like go to Gucci or like, I don't know what other brands and that paycheck is going to be like, <laughs> bye-bye as lo- like along with your savings. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to see the proportion of how much you spend, how much you pay. And exactly to Abe's point, it's like, if you're going to eat like garbage immediately right after all that hard work, you're just dumping all of that progress down the drain and it's just not worth it at all. Yeah. I, I feel not- like being committed is definitely something you should at least strive to do. And even if you don't save a lot per paycheck, this is the, this is the key right here. Saving something is better than saving nothing. That is massive. So Danny, how do you stay consistent then? Yeah, it's, I think it's a little bit different from my scenario, Abe, because my paycheck for sure is a little bit more riddled with expenses living here independently in, in Indy. It's uh <laughs> A good chunk of it for sure is being taken up by rent, which hopefully in the future that <laughs> eventually becomes a mortgage payment. But I mean, more so right now, it's it's really staying consistent. And it's I feel like when you have a lot more expenses, you really do see that value kind of add, I, if that's the correct terminology, for just what you get per paycheck. Because you kind of want to save a lot more. And then you see all these expenses or all these different bills kind of rack up and you're like, okay, I got to pay this. I got to take care of this. I got to handle this and make sure this is all right. At the end of the day, when you do get some of that leftover money, it just feels really good putting that away and not even just putting it away and putting it in a simple account, but in an account that actually can grow somewhat at the very minimum. Mm -hmm. If you want actual accessible money, a high yield savings account is a phenomenal idea, especially for those who want to have money, for example, like a rainy day fund or an emergency fund, that kind of stuff is phenomenal for you to just Leave it there, set it aside, be inflation. And ultimately, if you ever need to draw on it, that's the whole premise of it. But again, it cannot be used as a second wallet. Just because you run out of money one time to buy exactly like you're talking about, Abe, all these expenses, to buy Gucci or whatever, you should not be pulling money out of this fund. It's it's really key to have sources of wealth in different pools and different instruments in order for you to grow it accordingly to as your point a to a goal and for a lot see, of people this guy it's, it's yeah it's no, see, this guy had the right idea because he was he was saving towards the house it's just yeah. it seems like he wasn't committed enough to do it like he had already 2k into a house fund maybe he needed like 20k 30k for like a i don't know like 100 200 000 house as a down payment so he had the right idea it's just he started thinking about all the luxuries of life that he's missing out on. Mm -hmm. And that's where he went wrong. 
he just he started thinking that everything is a necessity and that's the problem with what we have right now that a lot of people don't understand between the, the difference between the necessities and the the wants and if you actually think about it 95% of the things that you buy are probably going to be wants not necessities mhm mm especially when you work really hard to get some of that money it's like yeah oh it's my money i can do whatever the heck i want with it a lot of people have that mentality and it's like okay yes you you very deservedly so earn that money you should but the thing is you also shouldn't be buying everything that you've ever dreamt of there definitely has to be a good balance between wants needs and goals like you you desperately need to have a house or something some residence to live in you can definitely want something for maybe your hobbies or passions and in the future if a goal is to get a house like this person is that's amazing But again, you can only really get there if you save. And it all starts from good discipline. I think some of the comments here actually give a really good point as to what you can do to kind of combat some of those urges. Some people are saying automate your savings. Some people are saying create a really extensive budget, see where your money's coming in, see where your money's going out, and kind of just alternate and, and make some of those changes as to what you maybe can cut from your wants and maybe put back into your housing fund maybe track all of your spending. I mean, there's a whole lot of alternatives, but the the idea is really just create a budget, figure out where your money's going, and honestly track and develop an idea of, okay, do I really need this? Do I not really need this? And then you can kind of continue that reflection period and just build it over a period of time and say, hey, do I really need this? Will this actually benefit me? And then, you know, you'll eventually start to see your savings account or other forms of of accounts and instruments kind of develop and grow over time so for me personally yeah i like i like the automation thing i think that's pretty cool yeah no I that's think, a cool one yeah i was gonna say cool. that that having something immediately take money out of your account and make it seem like an expense but in reality it's going to another account i think that has to be one of the that, greatest ideas genius. possible because it, it really takes a lot of that emotional aspect of oh my gosh i have all this money what am i going to do with it and it immediately splits what you get puts it into account and then in that account you kind of already develop a mentality of, hey, I don't want to touch this because this is meant for this. When you have that money stripped from your paycheck and it goes into this account, there you go. You took out that emotion. It did it automatically. You didn't even have to think. It just pulls it and bam. And then you can continuously grow. Again, when you are making a lot more money as people make more in their wages, bonuses, pay raise, jumps from jobs, I mean, things like that. The idea is to really not fall into that lifestyle creep. 100%. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a difficult topic for sure. But the idea is, you know, you just got to be strong and think logically. And money for and sure honestly, is one of those topics that you got to think I, logically. I think it was Warren. I'm not sure who said it, but I think it was maybe Warren Buffett that like, if you think about it, if you want to buy something, if you can't buy it three times, you can't afford it. And I feel like that's a really cool quote. I, I truly can't remember who said it, but I think I it was, did it was not a very good quote. validate this. I have no idea if this is true. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, it, it was someone I'll, that I'll said it. That. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> but it was like, because honestly, like if you go and let's say you want to buy ice, uh, like ice cream, of course you can buy like three times ice cream than what you want to buy. But like if you want to go buy a $3,000 purse, like if you have $9,000 and you can maybe buy it three times, yes, you can afford to buy it once. That's that's the mentality of how to buy. And that's that's why I like it is because 
you might think you have money right now, but really that money could be needed for anything else, any other emergency. So don't spending on stupid stuff that are just materialistic things. Yeah. I mean, it's, you hit a, a lot of good points there, Abe. And I feel like a lot of people will have different rules of thumb or, or guidelines, but more of the story, make sure you can afford it and make sure it will not hinder your, your journey of getting whatever kind of fund or whatever kind of savings account set up in order for you to reach your goals. So yeah, definitely. Let's, let's now, I like you story. have another story there. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot. What is the second coming, story? My guy. Yes. This one I think will definitely, uh, will be a little bit more relevant, especially considering, you know, it's a pretty, it's around a, a, a very, you know, popular holiday around a great time with family and gift giving. It's Black Friday. Story goes, first Black Friday after getting a full-time job, is it reasonable to spend about $500 on whatever I like if I have a 12K emergency fund and no foreseeable immediate purchase? This is posted by Sakura Nico 87 So for me, I think just right off the title, this is a pretty good start. This is, let's keep diving in. Hello, this is the first year after I got my full-time job, I earned reasonable money, about 3 to 3.5K a month, and have my six-month emergency fund, 12K, and no immediate purchase to save up for housing or a car. I don't really buy stuff during the year. Hello? Yeah, you cut right. off, buddy. That was hilarious. I don't know what that was about. However, Black Friday means sales, and I feel like it would be a great time to just buy myself wants. It would not majorly impact my finances at all, but still feels unreasonable and impulsive, especially because people say a recession is coming. I was wondering if you feel like I should reconsider. Um, honestly, to begin with, it seems like this is someone that has somewhat control over their purchases and their money, and at least they're feeling a little bit of guilt trying to spend the $500. Uh, I think that's a reasonable purchase uh, for someone that doesn't really spend anything over the year. She, if she really does understand her wants and needs and the fact that she doesn't really spend anything, if it's not a necessity or a need, uh, then yeah, she should like splurge a little bit and buy whatever she wants. So $500 is not too bad. It's like barely anything out of what she makes. So it's, it's pretty reasonable. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, sorry about those uh, technical issues. No, yeah, I, I, I think you hit that right. It's 500 compared to what she makes monthly is definitely not a crazy amount of money to be drawing out of and to be technically spending for whatever um, they like. And also, they have a six-month emergency fund, which is actually really smart of them to even have a fund specifically as like a rainy day. And since they don't have an immediate purchase coming up that, that, that they want to save up for, I mean, honestly, depending on what their goals and budgets and expenses are, I mean, they, they have the obvious um, logic and, and they've thought this through. So for me, this is a good purchase. It's around a time where a lot of sales are going on. Obviously, some stores aren't going to have the best sales. But in this time, at this moment, in this current economic position in which the economy's in and also... Um, and what this person financially is in, I think it's a good buy. I don't think a whole lot of people are buying stuff and some some sales are, are really good. And I remember last, uh, last Black Friday, I definitely got a good bargain for a lot of things. So 
I can imagine this isn't impulsive at all. I don't think it's unreasonable. I think some of these comments too even justify that. Someone said, you've thought this through, you have a lot of liquidity, Black Friday is still nearly a week away, and I'm guessing you have a list of wants you wanna buy. I don't see this, how is this unreasonable or impulsive? I mean, yeah, I, I think recognizing something being impulsive is a really good first step. What do you think? Is, is this person honestly thought this through? Or, I mean, I know you've already answered, but I think it's good to understand too, just logically speaking, from a reflection standpoint, knowing something impulsive before you even buy it, how, how do you kind of develop that mentality? Yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing is that Black Friday is uh, it's a big, big thing that people think that, oh, we're saving so much. But the problem is, yes, you're saving, but you're not saving in the quantity that you're buying. Like there were people at some point of my uh, friends of mine that were like around my age and they were working with me at the park district as lifeguards making the same amount of money that I was making. And during Black Friday, they would go and they buy like three TVs and they'd buy like <laughs> so many clothes and like iPhones. And it was just, it was so stupid. And they were spending like they were making a hundred K plus and it was just so unreasonable. It has to be understood that Black Friday, yes, technically on paper, you are saving, uh, but not when you're buying like three TVs and like a bunch of other stuff that you don't actually need. You're saving if you're actually like, there's something that you want from Black Friday and you're waiting until Black Friday because you know that there's going to be like a big discount on it. And that's when you buy it. That makes sense. But when you just go and you want to like spend as or get as much stuff as possible because there's other people racing against you. And like you've seen the videos of like people beating each other up on the storefronts <laughs> just so like they can get in and like they get stuff and like people are fighting over a TV. Yeah, that's not saving. Uh, that's actually being like very wasteful with your money because I think the problem is there is gratitude in the time. And like there's gratification at the time of you buying that purchase. But a week, two weeks later, when you are broke and you have no money and you are like in desperate need of money and you have to keep working to make more money, uh, you're going to realize how bad of a purchase that was. And I think this person, I think she understands this and it seems like she has a very uh, certain budget that she has for herself. And it sounds like there's some things in Black Friday that she is looking to buy uh, which fits the criteria that I just mentioned of you have things that you're waiting for to come on discount and that's when you buy it. So I think this person understands this. So yeah, I think that it's not, it's, she's not being uh, done with her money. I think this is a very reasonable purchase. Uh, but I know I, I've never actually went to Black Friday shopping, but I know you have, Danny. So you should, you <laughs> should take a take on this and how you spend money at Black Friday. Yeah. Um, first, first of all, I allocate a specific percentage of what I know for sure I want to spend. And I allocate that based on what I need and also what I'm going to give for gift giving. Because for sure, it can feel a little impulsive going into a bunch of stores of a bunch of massive sale discounts and think in my head, oh my gosh, this is the perfect time to buy a bajillion TVs. But in reality, it's not. It really is not. You're, I mean, you're spending a lot more money that you think you'd be saving because these TVs are at a discount. But in reality, you bought more than you technically would have even wanted to begin with, even without those discounts. So you kind of have to really realize and figure out, okay, is this really something that I actually want to spend time on and spend my money on and buy all this stuff? Or is it really just from that illusion of a discount? 
So definitely be considerate of what you're buying. But for me, for sure, gift giving is number one. And before I even dive a little bit more into this, um, I, I think one really big point I want to emphasize is that we are not anti-life. We we like to have fun. We like to do all this stuff. You're going to see a lot of frugal people, you know, online, saving every single penny, every single dollar, using every single discount code imaginable. But we're only saying for the sake of having an actual future that's not dealt with financial constraints or distress or, you know, massive financial hurdles that maybe you'll just never overcome, especially when it comes to debt. The idea for us is really just more so we want to make sure you can have a well-rounded education of finance and make those decisions going forward. And there's even some more additional follow-up story in the comments mentioned from OP. I mean, they said, I don't really have a solid long-term financial goal, except I want to retire well. And hopefully if everything goes well in life, not struggle financially. Now I hit that six month emergency fund I was planning on continuing to place the money into a regular bank savings account. I know investing is the way to grow money, but sorry if I'm ignorant on it. You need to have good money plus willingness to probably lose it. I don't really feel like I'll have enough to do any anytime soon. I save one to 1.5K a month, but I will look into an, a high yield savings account. I've never heard of it before. I do put aside 6% of my income to a retirement fund and my company matches a 6%. So I think it's doing well on that side. That's great to hear. That's phenomenal. You're, you're matching exactly that contribution from your company. That's free money. Not only that, but you're also putting a good chunk into a high yield savings account. I mean, this is definitely a great mindset and a great start. I know everyone's not going to have that ability to save that much money, but it's the idea that you can save something. Because again, in the future, you don't know what's going to happen. Life isn't a guarantee. We want to make sure that you have enough money to justify these expenses, these random acts of life that kind of come at you. And you need to be ready because when it gets down and dirty, when it gets in the thick of it, you do not want to be on the end of that rope struggling. You don't want to be drowning in that stuff. So hopefully a lot of this was helpful. Abe, I mean, for you, like what, what kind of mentality would you have to say this person has from an overall financial literacy standpoint? The, the girl about Black Friday? Yeah, I, I, I think I think this person definitely uh, mimics a kind of behavior that I feel like a lot of us are pretty proud of, you know, especially as a as a first timer. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, anybody that has uh, restrained spending money is is pretty, pretty smart to begin with. I think it would take a little bit more, though. Um, I think that it's smart that she has an emergency fund in case like she loses her job, anything like that. And the fact that she's not splurging on like cars and all this is great because I also have friends that they got their full-time job. And the first thing they did was they went to buy a brand new car. And like, it was like a 30,000, <laughs> $40,000 car. And there was something wrong with the car that they had before. It's just, they're like, we have money. So let's go buy a car kind of thing. Yeah. And it's a pretty cool car, but like every single month you have to make payments on that car because you're not buying it cash. Uh, so that's like something that is going to like set you back. So this girl is pretty smart because she's very strict with her budget. She, it sounds like she has some kind of like idea in process and it's, it's pretty smart. It's, I, I, I respect it. And I think she, she has a basic understanding of what financial literacy is. And I think going forward, 
she should keep up with her education about maybe how to invest that money into things that will yield her like maybe interest, maybe like part of it goes to her stock market, part of it maybe goes to uh, a house fund. I actually thought that was pretty smart for the first person if they stayed with mm -hmm. it because I think a lot of people, it's very hard for them to save up the down payment they need to to get into a house, like $20,000, $30,000, $40,000. a lot of money for someone to save. But when you're doing it in increments, like every single month, we're going to be putting like, I don't know, $1,000 from each person and maybe two, three years, we can afford a house, we can afford the down payment, and we have a job so we can get a loan. It's pretty easy. But that's not what everybody does. And that's why a lot of people mm -hmm. end up renting, which nothing wrong with renting. It's just, it, it, you can't call it yours, you can't have equity, it can't yeah. make your net worth big. And that's what I'm about. I'm about making my net worth as big as possible. And that's what I drive forward every single day. And that's why I save, that's why I invest. Because my net worth and my my finances are like my biggest deal of my life. No, yeah, it's it's definitely a goal for a lot of individuals. And Abe, I know just from a perspective of how how long I've known you, the idea has been there for a while. So uh, I'm just waiting for that day when you finally hit that. So whether it's next year or, or freaking ninety nine years old. I'm going to see it. Actually, <laughs> a million dollars I mean, by 99. That's a, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> no, but I mean, in all actuality, like I think both of these stories really have a good understanding of what the modern person is dealing with right now. I think the first story really shows that lifestyle creep that a lot of people will see in their lives. It's evident and it's obvious that as you get older, you have more skills, you have more abilities to do things. Your experience makes you a well-rounded hard worker because of that kind of stuff. You get compensated justly or maybe not even just at all. And you have to go to a different company and you're like, oh, they're going to pay me a lot more, better job or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff is just going to happen in life. And in the second story as well, I mean, you get a job, you have all these different savings and it's when can I spend? I got to that point of feeling, oh my gosh, I saved so much money. When can I actually spend stuff for myself? There's definitely a balance and it really comes down to your own personal understanding of what your goals are, what your plan is for retirement, what your plans are in the next year, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever you want to classify as short-term and long-term, you really need to only specify what you want to do and make sure your financial goals are basically aligned or in projection of it. I think, uh, I, think both of these people, I think both of these people are, are on a pretty good path. There's, you know, obviously some corrections, some adjustments, but it's a great start. It's a great being. And for a lot of individuals out there, especially who resonate more with that second story of, okay, what the heck is after I save? What, what, what is it? What do I do after my emergency fund? I mean, this person is, is adding into their, uh, into their 401k. Keep, keep that going. Open up a Roth IRA. Keep that going. Power of interest. You have time, especially as someone who's getting their first full-time paycheck full-time job paycheck. I mean, Hey, this is, this is the time to let it grow. Take advantage of time. I mean, this is, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can't stress it more than enough. Use time to your advantage. So, well, yeah, Definitely. I think that wraps up episode four. Thanks everyone for listening. Any, any final remarks, Abe? No, I think you, I think you tied it up pretty well about spending and about how to be responsible with your finances and, what comes next after you save and all that stuff. I think, I think it's, it's, it's the biggest 
thing that you said that was like you can spend when you want to or when you need to and you're not we're not anti-life but also you have to think about you don't want to retire at like 65 with very little or broke so just think yeah. about it that way as well yeah and there, there's a lot of uncertainties about life so I think just that thought alone for me scares me and it's like, okay, let's put, let's put money aside. Let's be prepared. So, but again, disclaimer, this is not financial advice. This is merely just provided for education and informational purposes only. We do not without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness of any particular purpose. The information contained or provided from or through this podcast is not indeed to be or does not constitute financial advice investment advice, trading advice, or any other kind of advice such as. So please, 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 this is in a time for you, if you need to, to talk with some professional broker or financial advisor, if need be, accountant, CPA, I mean, anyone. So please, Definitely. this is just more so for educational purposes. And we're here to spread, hopefully, our version, our meaning of what being financially literate being financial responsible means. So thanks everyone. 100%. Have a good night.